Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Well, Christmas and the holiday season can be a stressful time for many people. Um, We are welcoming our guest, Karen Nimmo, the psychologist, who has some coping strategies to share. These are things like, for some, it can be as simple as fatigue after a busy year. For others, bigger emotional issues will rise to the surface. Karen, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Yes, you're pointing at this. I was trying to get you to do just point at the mic because it's directional and we're in business. Are we here? Yeah, we're here. Um, Why is this time... This time of year is so stressful. There's the obvious rushing and organisation and planning. There's obviously families coming together. But at a deeper level, is it a time where, whether we want to or not, we're quite reflective? I think in the first instance, we're all exhausted. You know, we get to the end of the year and we're all finishing work. And then as you finish work, there's still a mountain to climb before you actually get to Christmas Day. So you're buying things and there's a lot of logistics. So, you know, we're tired. And of course, when we're tired, that increases our emotional vulnerability to things going wrong. Um, The next thing is financial stress. That's huge for people we feel at this time of year that we're sort of hemorrhaging money um, trying to keep everybody happy so that puts a huge amount of pressure on people and I think the other thing is we have huge expectations of togetherness around Christmas which is probably exacerbated by our online social media culture where everybody's pictured smiling and wearing their Christmas jumpers although not in New Zealand but you know snowflakes falling and everybody being happy and I think that puts a lot of pressure on people who are not in that kind of space to try and maintain or to present that kind of look. There's an idealised perfection that we all know is not the reality. In fact, we're, we're, we're going to talk in a moment about strategies for dealing with some of the realities. But even though we know that, do we still, is it a time when we feel, oh, why are our gatherings or why is our family or why is our situation not perfect like this? I think so. And we look on social media and we see everybody else seeming to have an amazing time. And that can sort of make us reflective around our own situation. But, you know, I think most people in New Zealand do understand that there's an underbelly to Christmas that that is not particularly tasteful and that's the the domestic violence statistics that go up and all the drinking and the addiction problems and a lot of people are worrying and struggling at this time of year with mental health issues you know there's loneliness there's conflict there's a huge amount of stuff if you like that go into the mix can we start with that first before we get to the family dynamics? Because not everyone will be at a gathering this Christmas, or they may be at one physically but not really there emotionally. And that's what I was getting at. At a deeper level, it's very reflective. People who, who are grieving or have had a bereavement, this is acute this time of year. People who live alone and don't really have anywhere else to go and may manage, um, you know, by and large, day to day, perfectly well. But it's a time where the world tells you your life should look like this on this one day. I know people have got on planes in order to 
avoid Christmas Day. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. They've planned their travel so they can miss it out entirely because of that symbolism, that thing about it. I've had the same. I've had a lot of clients who have wanted to avoid it altogether because it just puts so much pressure and it. You know, that can be in a myriad of different ways. I think you're right about the difficult memories for people. It's First of all, there's the association often with loss. So if you can imagine what Christmas is like this year for the people of Fakari White Island and um, the Muslim tragedy, um, those things are difficult. It's not just the event itself either. It's the first Christmas without so the person is missing. And it's that another can, one of those milestones, and it's a big milestone. That's right, and it goes on. Mm. It's not just the first Christmas, it's the second Christmas, and, and, and then it sets up sort of a negative view of the whole occasion, which is quite understandable when you've been through that kind of thing. Um, is there a way of dealing with it? I often, I often wonder whether... Um, you can try and just blank it out. I mean, you can just sit and watch the movies all day or, or, or whatever. But you could also be positive about making it a day where whatever your personal circumstance, um, get up, um, make sure you cook a nice meal, whether or not you've got you've got company. Um, get outside and go for walks and and enjoy seeing the kind of atmosphere around the place. That sounds very Pollyanna-ish, Pollyanna-ish and positive. But it is one of the strategies you can say, if this is going to be a tough day emotionally for you, how are you practically going to plan the day and get it behind you? Yeah, you're right. That's good, solid psychology, actually, Catherine. Um, but I think we also have to acknowledge the tough side of it and the grief and the, and the loneliness and the difficulty for people. Sure, you can put on a bright face, but I think you can't force people to be jolly and you, you can do things that will make the day easier. For example, as some of the things you said, you know, structure the day really well, plan the meal, get everybody organised, keep the expectations clear, make it simple so that you know, people are not feeling too stressed financially. All those kind of things can help. But that doesn't stop people's personal feelings creeping in around the edges. Then let's talk about sitting with those feelings, which is what anyone who is grieving, anyone who is lonely, anyone who is struggling has to do, right? It's going to be one of those days where you have to sit with those feelings. And how do you do that? Well, it's, Yeah, it's really difficult. I think, as we just said, structure is really helpful. So if you know what's happening in the day, that always lowers anxiety. Clear expectations or clear guidelines around what you have to do and where you have to be are really helpful. That's particularly important in the case of families who are separated and blended. If everybody's got a plan, it usually works a lot better. But, you know, when there are people who are, you know, lonely, um, Elderly, singles can be very lonely. It can be a very lonely time for um, children who don't have their own kids and have to turn up at the family gathering with all the you know, siblings and grandkids. Very good point. Someone perhaps is trying to have a child. It's another one another day where it's exactly. going to be in your face. I've yeah. had actually quite a yeah. few clients who have wrestled with that themselves. And maybe they have children because they don't have children because they couldn't, or maybe it's by choice, or maybe they just don't have a partner. But they be, can become quite overwhelmed because you know it's a big family day and they don't feel like they have something of their own. So they'd really rather get out of it. So do you anticipate that you're going to have these feelings? You might have had them last year and you're probably going to have them next year. Do you anticipate and just sort of, how do you prepare? I think, I think people do anticipate because they know what's coming largely, um, except in the case of tragedy. So you can make a plan and I think we need to 
take some of the hype out of it because after all, you know, Christmas is a day and we of, I often try to help people neutralise it. You know, don't it doesn't have to be the best day you ever had, the most together, the most glorious, the best food. It can be just another day if that's what is going to work for yeah. you. And yeah. I think that's important. Great. Now let's talk about some of the, the stresses, um, the other stresses that can happen as well. And obviously the family dynamic, you touched on the blended families or... Gosh, that situation where it's one of those days where a parent wants to be with their child but the two parents may not be together and this can get really stressful. Um, How do you do it well in a situation where there is a, a, a separation? I think you're right. I think this is one of the really big growth areas in psychology. Um, more and more people are asking, how do I manage my blended family? How do I be a good step-parent when I'm feeling quite resentful? Those kind of things. And at Christmas time, you know, it kind of all comes together in a big peak. If we think about it, you know, one in five New Zealand kids is in a blended family before the age of 17. And one in three marriages is a second one. So that sort of gives some idea as to the number of people out there who are in step-parenting arrangements or blended families, that kind of thing. And families now are really diverse. We're not just, you know, mum, dad and the kids anymore. We're a myriad of different things and we have to kind of cater for that. And for people who have moved from a traditional setup or um, have changed their circumstances, it can be a massive adjustment. And again, I think the expectations are built. You know, you get with a new partner, you think, wow, this is going to be amazing. We're going to be happy families. We'll all get on. And quite frankly, it's often the very opposite of that. People have problems with discipline, with schooling, with money, with holidays, with rivalry, with inequality, with resentment. You know, I could I could write a very long list for Santa of what he needs to address. Again, we know this is going to happen, even if we know it's the one relative who's always going to get under the skin of the other relative. And sometimes I think it's worse because we know it and you're almost trigger happy waiting for it to happen but again can you strategically plan if you know there are going to be these tensions is there a way of going in girding your loins maybe having some responses pre-prepared that are mature adult responses and aren't going to be a red rag snap yeah think about your own emotional management I mean you're the one person you can control so if you <laughs> the can't... whole damn crowd <laughs> correct well hopefully <laughs> and that's um, borderline sometimes <laughs> I agree <laughs> But, you know, if you can't move your placemat to the other end of the table, then you really do need to think about how to, you know, manage Uncle Stu, who's, you know, a bit touchy-feely, or somebody who, a sister who you... I'd move away from Uncle Stu. Yeah, I feel like Uncle Stu probably shouldn't have been invited. Yeah. But, you know, um, people can clash with a sister that they just don't get on with and they have to be next Mm. to at the table. Or, you know, in families we have old roles, don't we, that we settle into and those are very hard to bust out of. You know, we've got the spoilt younger sister or the bossy older one and, and we somehow revert to those people when we're with families. On the absolute single biggest challenge is that one-on-one you can be fine, but when you're all back together, you fall. it's almost like you revert 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You fall back into that childhood hierarchy and Correct. chain of command. It's like a chain of dominoes. And you have to, and the behaviour comes too, you have to anticipate it and say, no, nah, I'm not gonna, it's not going to be me. I'm not, well, I, I might feel it, but I, that's another thing. You can feel it, but not say it or do it, can't That's you? right. You can, you can manage your reactions, mm. and I think you need to think about that. I've had a number of clients who just want to avoid and I think, okay, that might work for one Christmas. But, you know, ultimately, what's that doing to you as a person? 
You know, I think that you can get into the space and you can learn to manage yourself and the triumph of doing that well is a really great thing for your own psychology. It can really boost your own mental health. It can move you forward. As you say, that avoidance is, you know, sometimes it's a necessary tool for a while, but it's not a great long-term tool. And if you can navigate a situation as acute as Christmas and find a way through it, it can be a way to progress in a situation. I totally agree. But, you know, sometimes people take some time to come to that because, you know, we do slip into those old spaces. We haven't mentioned the fact that there's often booze around and people often have it early in the day and sometimes it might be really hot and we're all crammed together and sometimes it's a physical environment that's... um, not ideal for man- for the self-management that we're talking about, right? Although you can do stuff differently, can't you? I mean, get outside, um, have, a, have a normal lunch and have your main meal a little bit later instead of having turkey and chocolates at 11am, you know? You, you, we, we can reinvent stuff in a way that we think might work better, right? We can, but we have to be up for it, and we all have to be up for it. And, uh, and if you're not the host, you might not have much governance around who's pouring the drinks, um, but you do have some around whether you drink it yourself. So in the very first instance, I agree, I think alcohol is such a troublemaker. And you should look after your own intake first. And if there's somebody at your party that you know will drink a lot, keep sort of as as clear as you can from yeah. them. Because, you know, it just all But the less you've of... had, the more you can just isolate that behaviour and say that person's making a come up with a non-sweary word, making an ass of themselves, but I'm not going to become part of it. And if you've had less on board, early in the day especially, you're probably better to, to, to make that decision, right? That's right, but you can't stop others. And when you work with couples, you know that one of the, the worst things that can come into the mix and when they have their most uh, violent and, and difficult fights is when there's alcohol or drugs yeah. in the mix. So, you know, at all costs, that should be cut or cut down or yeah. avoided, not to be a party pooper, but Well, but the, if you've got one of those traditions where the champagne gets cracked, as I said, at 10.30 or 11, you can you can put it back, a, you know, a few hours and probably still have a good day, right? You, again, you can look and say, why do, we, why do we get into these situations and what can we change to avoid it? doesn't mean you can't have a couple of wines but or a couple of beers, but they don't have to start in the morning, do they? Yeah, <laughs> although, it, you know, at times... No, it, there I, we go. <laughs> I wouldn't want to it's class all, myself as a purist. It's all individual. It's all about what is it that sets us off and what can we do a bit differently to, 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 to not have it happen. That's right, our triggers. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know if we quite finished with the parenting and step-parenting situation. Again, is this something that's best sorted earlier in the year before the tension comes on? Um, you know, both parents will want time, especially with a younger child, on, on Christmas, there are ways you can organise it, split the day sometimes, or have Christmas Eve and Christmas morning with one, And but is it best sorted well in advance? Yes, it is, but obviously we're having this conversation right, yeah, you know, sure. very close to Christmas, so um, that can be difficult, but yeah, in an ideal world, lock down the plans, particularly if you have a difficult ex, um, and you've separated, lock down the plans as early as possible and keep them simple. You know, kids don't need to be taking four car trips to different houses on Christmas Day. That's a nightmare and it will set up something in their minds that will probably follow them for life. Christmas Day is just a pain. Yeah. You know, I couldn't just be in one place with my presents. Yeah. Yeah, good advice. Um, The other tension you alluded to is... There's often someone or a small number of someone who do all the work and the others don't. And I think that's one for everyone to look out for. 
you've got to be appreciating the person who's who's anchoring this because sometimes and sometimes with couples too it can really get to a a, a blow up a, a blow That's up right. right so someone's working very hard and you don't want them having worked very hard to then be losing their rag at some point during the day in a, in a way that everyone regrets so we've got to look out for the workers we do right mm-hmm. um, and even if you're not um, what was it um, Leah McFall's wonderful shelping, <laughs> show helping term. Even if you're not one of those, what you can do is bring some love and bring some praise and, and, and acknowledgement of people who are doing it really hard or doing all the looking after the kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to, uh, you know, if hosts need to delegate tasks, so mm. hand them out. That's other than don't be the martyr. No, don't be the martyr and yep. don't have too high a standards. You know, if somebody's not a good, great cook, too bad. You know, let them bring their fairly average dessert anyway. Um, yeah. You know, and to and if you're coming to somebody's place to offer and not just to accept, oh no, it's okay, to actually make an effort to look up a recipe, to make something, to bring something and like you say, to try to bring some sort of good cheer because, you know, you can if you try, as long as you're not going through something particularly tragic or difficult. That that's slightly different. But most of us can rally up and make a good fist of the day. We can, um, and it can have great moments. It's it's about you know maybe sometimes avoiding that point where the the, the, the wheels come off if if they're going to, and I think it's also um, it's a time of year again when you can look out for those for whom it may be a challenging day, and you can do some things like um, either invite them over, or try and see them before the big day, or just up our up our care of people mm-hmm. around us because. For whatever reason, it's one year, one day in the calendar that that brings a lot of acuteness to it. Whether it's acute joy at your kid's first Christmas, or whether it's an acute memory of something that's happened happened to you. That's right. We be can kind. all just be that, a little bit kinder, not only on the day but around the day, right? I agree. Be kind, be caring, and just be a little thoughtful of of other people's stories. Hope it's a great one for you, Karen. Thanks very much for coming in, psychologist Thanks, Karen Nimmo. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 